So You Want to Be a Ninja, Episode 6, Beat That Wall. Hey everyone, my name is Ratasha Airbaron, aka The Ice Ninja, and you're listening to another episode of So You Want to Be a Ninja. This is the show where we talk about how to conquer ninja obstacles, both physically and mentally, so that you can train smarter and go harder toward your ninja warrior goals. Last time on the show, we talked with my ninja coach, aka The Street Beast, Kaye Alexander on competition tips. There was a lot of value in that episode. I can tell you since then, I've been focusing more on one skill at a time, just like he does, and it's really helped. Um, Last month, I focused more on fingertip strength to help out with the cliffhanger. Then this month, I'm focusing more on explosiveness. So one of my specific goals at the end of this month, the reason that I am working on explosiveness is to get at least one rung on the salmon ladder, which actually happened two days ago, which is so exciting. I mean, this has been a long time coming, but the only reason that I got it is because I just stuck with the training behind the obstacle, so the conditioning. I practiced explosive pull-ups and explosive push-ups and other upper body explosive movements consistently two to three times a week to be able to get that obstacle and it finally just came together so it feels so good definitely check out that episode there's a lot of other great tips in there that is episode five with kaya alexander on competing but today i am going solo and i'm going to give you guys tips on my favorite obstacle the warped wall the warped wall is my favorite obstacle because it's just You know, it's iconic on this show. You hit that buzzer and you're just on top of the world. The warped wall is like two to three times your size. (laughs) And when you get up there, you're just looking over the entire course and the adrenaline that you feel, no matter how many times I've gone up it, even though I don't have it consistently yet, it just feels so good. I believe that everybody should be able to experience that feeling. And if you don't believe this is my favorite obstacle, You can ask Luigi Rotondi, who is a co-owner at ATP. He used to call this obstacle my boyfriend, and he used to say, Ratasha, leave your boyfriend alone. (laughs) And that is because I would just, I got obsessed with practicing it because I wanted to get up there so badly. And I think part of the reason I got kind of attached to the warped wall is, again, my grip strength when I first started doing this and for a very long time thereafter was zilch there was no grip strength my hands would be burning in 10 minutes so there's not too many lower body obstacles involved with ninja warrior so i was like okay i'm gonna go take a brick on the warped wall and that's basically how that whole love affair started now you look on the show there's been all shapes and sizes that get up this wall and sometimes like a five foot tall person runs all the way up the wall and makes it look like it's nothing and you're like five six and you're like how do they do that but I can't do that and I have longer legs. It is all about technique. So the four areas that we're gonna talk about today include technique, conditioning, mindset, and equipment to get up that warped wall. So let's start off with technique. When you start this obstacle, you're gonna be running towards the wall at about an 80% speed. And where you look with your eyes is going to be pretty important here too. You don't wanna be looking straight at the wall. Wherever your eyes go, your body's gonna follow. So if you're looking straight ahead at that wall, guess what, you're gonna crash into the wall because the wall goes up after. So you wanna be looking toward the top, keep your eyes on the prize, keep that chest up where your eyes look, everything else is gonna follow. And then when you get to the bottom and you take your first step on that wall, 
you're going to really skyrocket up. Here's where you give your full 100%, take three big steps, and on that last step, it's more of a jump. So you're going to jump up to the top and really commit to catching that wall with both hands. Or, you know, if you're super fancy, you're like Coach Kai, you can just catch it with one hand and make it look like it's nothing. (laughs) But all of this takes place in about two seconds. As far as bailing out on the warped wall, if you don't happen to reach the top, you want to make sure that you don't turn around and run down the wall because that is risky business. It's dangerous. You could torque an ankle that way. So what I want you to do is you want to fall into the wall until you stop sliding to avoid torquing that ankle. So you just kind of like get all fours on there, slide down and land nice and safe on that flat ground. So that's the technique for the wall. And now we're going to go into the conditioning behind the obstacle to help you get this technique down. If you notice on the show, you have the parkour people, right? You have the free runners, you have the track athletes that just sail up that wall. Why? Because they have speed and power and that's what helps you get to the top. For speed, specifically for this obstacle, you definitely wanna incorporate sprinting into your workout routine. Now, if you're like me, I hate running. I even have a shirt that says I hate running And every time that somebody asks me to do an OCR, I say, you know what, I would love to, but I hate running and I'm very competitive. So if I enter, I'm going to enter the competitive wave, but I'm not going to want to do the running involved, right? But with sprinting, I mean, I keep this very simple. I do five minute bouts of sprinting and I'll get into that in just a second. But first I want to talk about sprinting form. And this is something that I learned by going to ATP and training with Coach Casey. She's very good about this. So with sprinting form, we want to drive through those toes on every step. So nice and light on your toes. And the other thing is you want to make sure that you have your elbows tucked in and the arms are super important. So those elbows are going to come back. You're going to have a nice forceful drive back. And when you get into full sprinting stride, your hands are going to come right parallel to your cheeks. So when you add those arms in, that's really going to help you uh, with the speed to be able to carry yourself up this warp wall and get that momentum. And there are many different ways that you can practice your sprinting. One thing that I've been doing now, and you can do this like one to two times a week, I honestly just do five minutes because again, hate running. And this is what works for me. Uh, maybe you, ha- you have to go a little bit longer, but I'll tell you what I do. I'll get on the treadmill and I'll start at either a power walking pace or like a jogging slash light running pace. And in treadmill terms, that's going to mean somewhere between 4.5 and around 5.5 speed, depending on your level and, you know, probably the length of your legs. So I start off with a power walk. I go 4.5. I'll go for like a minute. And then from there, I'll increase every 30 seconds by 0.5. I'll give you an example. Like this last time I started at 4.5 and then I ended by the time I was done with this five minutes at 8.5. So every 30 seconds, I'm kicking myself into a higher gear. And not only is this forcing me to go faster, it's also working on my stamina. You know, in the warped wall, you're not going to just do this in isolation if you're a competitor. I might be doing like five other obstacles before that and then I have to hit the warp wall I don't want to be tired because that's going to affect my performance so this is something that I do specifically for not just like the speed and the acceleration but the stamina but let's say you're not at that level yet you're going to do a sprint for 30 seconds as fast as you can 
and then take a one minute rest in between just to bring that heart rate back down and allow yourself to be able to kick it up into high gear again. And eventually, you know, your conditioning is going to get better. Now, when you attempt the warped wall, it's not going to be a flat surface, obviously. You're running in that flat surface before the warped wall, but when you go up, it's at an incline. So another thing that I would do here is incorporate some hill sprints, either on a treadmill, you know, you can use that incline, or you can go outside and find some hills. As far as the work to rest ratio, let's say that it takes you 10 seconds to do this hill sprint. You're going to want to take a 20 second rest, just be able to recover, catch that breath back a little bit, and then go at it again. So it's kind of like our previous example where you did a 30 second sprint on the treadmill and then you did a one sec, uh, one minute rest to recover. Another thing to keep in mind specifically for the wall, make sure that you don't stop moving your arms when you start going up the wall because then you start losing speed. That's one mistake that I've made many times. And what will happen is I'm going fast, fast, fast. Then I get like halfway up through the wall and I'm on my second step and I start reaching my arms up already because I think I'm at the top and then, you know, I come up short. If you think you're at the top, just keep on pumping those arms a little bit more. Another thing that you can do to work on your sprinting and to change it up is use resistance bands. So you're gonna tie one end of the band around a stationary object. Like let's say you tie it around a pole and then the other end of the band is going to be wrapped around your waist. So what you do here is just sprint against that band, driving your toes on the f uh, through the floor, bringing those knees up, driving those elbows back. And you can do like, let's say 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off, do that for maybe like three to five rounds. And I have one more exercise here to help with that sprinting form, and it's specifically going to work on your elbow drive. This is a good one to do if you have a partner with you. You're going to stand in a staggered stance and the partner is going to stand behind you. They're going to stand with their palms facing toward you. You're going to keep your elbows tucked in and drive those elbows back. So every time that you drive back, you should hit the palm of your partner's hand. And each side, each um, elbow contact is going to count as one rep. So you want to go for 30 reps here. Now to recap all of the exercises that we just discussed, you have interval treadmill sprints, hill sprints, resistance band sprints, and elbow drives. And I'm going to be posting a video with uh, these exercises as well as the plyometric exercises that I'm about to go over on Instagram. You can follow me there. I am the underscore ice underscore ninja. So we're going to shift gears here and talk about another type of training that you should be doing to get that warped wall. And I just mentioned it, it is plyometrics. Plyometrics is an awesome way to develop explosive power and doing plyometrics one to three times a week can really help you with that big jump at the end on the warped wall. And it can also help you improve your speed. But I wanna make something clear here. Plyometrics and jump training are not the same thing. Plyometrics is a form of jump training, but jump training doesn't necessarily mean plyometrics. And here's why. When you do a plyometric jump, for example, like let's say you're doing a plyometric jump squat, you want to be going for the maximum force in the minimum amount of time. Whereas like, let's say, you know, the boot camp classes that I teach to the everyday person, I'm having them do jump squats for 30 seconds. And yes, we're focusing on form, but we're not focusing on uh, the max power in the minimum amount of time for each jump. We're just kind of doing it to get the heart rate up. But as a ninja athlete running up that wall, sprinting up that wall, 
Again, this happens very quickly, one to two seconds. So you want to make sure that you're giving it that maximum force on every step of that wall and especially at the big jump at the end. So now that you know the difference between jump training and plyometrics, let's get into four different plyometric exercises that you can do to help with the warped wall. Number one, nice and simple, squat jumps. You've probably done these before. You're gonna start with your feet about shoulder width apart, and then you're going to drop back into that squat position, making sure to keep your knees behind your toes. Arms are gonna extend back as well, and try to get those thighs parallel to the floor. Then we're gonna explode up through your toes, and your arms are gonna follow through. You'll land back down on the balls of your feet, and just keep on repeating that same squat jump as quick as you can and as high as you can. And I want you to go for about eight reps and three sets. And then your rest in between sets is going to be anywhere from 30 to 60 seconds so that you're nice and fresh and ready to go. And you're gonna give it that maximum effort for your next set. That's it for the squat jump. Now we're going to go into the second exercise I recommend, which is the box jump. So with the box jump, you're going to stand about six inches from that box. You're going to keep your feet about shoulder width apart. And then when you're ready to jump, you're going to drop into a quarter squat, bring those arms back, explode up, extend the hips, bring the arms through, and bring your knees up. And you're gonna land nice and soft on your toes when you hit the top of the box in a half squat position. Now you wanna make sure that you land on your toes or the balls of your feet, because that's going to help you to absorb the shock from the jump. It's going to help you keep the pressure off of your knees. And you're gonna go for a five to 15 second rest in between jumps, depending on how high that box jump is for you. So obviously if you jump on a higher box, that's gonna be you know, more exhaustive. We wanna give you a longer rest time. And you're going to do between five to eight repetitions, again, depending on the height of that box. From box jumps, we go to exercise number three, which is power skips. This is a move that you can do anywhere. You do not need any equipment here. And if you know how to skip like you did in grade school, all you're doing is adding a little explosiveness to it. So this is where we work on that single leg explosiveness. That leg that you're planting in front, you're really just gonna drive through those toes, bring the back leg up and through into a full knee flexion, and go with opposite arm, opposite leg. So you keep on springing up off of those toes each time that that other foot comes forward and you're jumping as high as you can. And with this one, I would say you could probably do like five each side. That's all I really got to say on that one. It's not really rocket science. We're going to go into the last exercise here, which is also really going to work on that single leg explosiveness for the warped wall. And this is your box switch jump. We're going to start with one leg on top of the box. The other leg is going to be on the ground. We're starting with opposite arm, opposite leg, and really pushing that foot through that's on top of the box jumping as high as we can, extending that leg, switching the legs in the air, switching the arms in the air, and landing nice and soft on those toes on the landing. And then right from there, you want to jump as quickly as you can doing the same motion, switching to the leg that you started on. Wanna make sure here that we keep that ground contact time limited, because again, this is explosiveness, this is plyometrics. I've said that like 10 times, I know, but. I'm really just trying to get the point across because it's really gonna help you when you're going for that warped wall. And as far as reps, I'd say five reps each leg here, maybe eight reps each leg if you wanna really focus on this one. And remember, you're gonna do 30 to 60 seconds in between your sets. 
To recap your plyometric exercises, we got squat jumps, we got box jumps, power skips, and box switch jumps. I'm gonna have these four moves as well as all the sprinting moves that I just explained previously on Instagram. I'll probably put a video up on YouTube too, so make sure that you look out for that video so that you can see everything in action. One last exercise that I like to practice sometimes if you know everything's going well, I'm getting up that warped wall and I'm getting right to the top, but I somehow slip off gripping the top or don't bring both arms up. I like to use the eight foot wall that we have at ATP. So it's a, it's a nice flat wall. And what you're gonna do is just take a couple steps, little jog run up to it. Then as you approach that wall, get one foot up on the wall and really bound up and catch the top of the wall with two hands. But what you're gonna do is kind of overshoot the wall so that your hands come back down and you get like a little gravity going. Cause that's what it's gonna feel like when you actually do the warped wall. So I would do that maybe five, 10 times if I'm, if I'm struggling with just that last motion of getting two hands up. Sometimes I'll get one arm up and the other one's just kind of like hanging out by my side. I'm like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be, joining my other hand. <laughs> so that's another thing that you can do there. And I like to have a day in between my speed and power day. Let's say I'll do Wednesday, I'll do my speed and power day conditioning. I'll take a rest on Thursday or you know work something else like upper body, maybe I'll do my pull-ups, grip strength, whatever. Then Friday I'll go to mini comp and I'll attempt the warped wall. Just so that you give your legs that recovery that they need, especially if you're not used to doing this type of training because you know, plyometrics is pretty intense if you haven't done it before. That wraps up the conditioning side of this podcast, and now we're going into equipment. My favorite shoes to wear, it's actually the shoe that Coach Kaye recommends to everyone who does Ninja Warrior at ATP. It is the Fresh Foam Zante by New Balance. I've heard from other ninjas that V2 and V1 versions of this shoe are the best to stick to. They say V3 isn't as good. I think it might be because of the grip. So look for V1, V2, try to get those if you can. And the reason that these shoes are so great is that they have this uh, material that sticks really well to the wall. When I was first starting out, I only wore Nikes. I am a loyal Nike shoe fan, but for Ninja Warrior, those shoes just don't agree with the wall. And the first time I ever tried out New Balance Zantes, was at Coach Kaya's course in his backyard. So I was running up with Nikes and sliding down. He takes off his shoes and we happen to be the same size. I try on his shoes for a second and I got up so much higher. It's like, wow, that's, it's like magic. And everybody says that about this shoe that I know of. I actually have tried another shoe that a lot of ninjas will wear on American Ninja Warrior. You will notice I mean, at least I think I notice more are wearing New Balance Fresh Foams, but I've tried the Onitsuka Tigers. And part of the reason I wanted to try the Onitsuka Tigers is because I saw gold ones online and they just looked so cool. And I thought it would stand out wearing those, but I bought a pair. They weren't gold. I couldn't find gold in the store. They were kind of expensive. So I just went into the outlet and bought some in the store. So I tried them out at Ninja Class. They slid off everything. They slid off everything. I don't feel like they had much grip on them. And my ankle felt so unstable doing things. On the Fresh Foams, I feel like I have good support with my ankle doing the balance kind of stuff. And then it has amazing grip on the wall and, and grip on lots of different objects. But with the A6, I, I didn't feel that way. 
So I wore them for about five minutes. I put them back in the box and I returned them. Yeah, I know, kind of bad, but they, they just weren't gonna work out. So there's other shoes out there, but I would definitely recommend these. You can find them on Joe's New Balance Outlet online. I will link to that in the show notes. Sometimes I'll find those shoes on there for about $40 and these shoes go up to 100. So I definitely say go on there, find yourself a cheaper pair of shoes, buy two if you can. I've put holes through these shoes before, going so many reps up the warped wall. So it helps to have a pair to switch off if you can afford to buy a couple. Let's say you got the technique down, you're doing your conditioning, it's paying off, you got the right shoes, but you're just not mentally prepared to take on this wall. You could have all that together, but if you're not in the right mindset to conquer this 14 foot plus beast, then you're in trouble. This is an area that I need to work on myself, honestly. One of the things that I like to do is to visualize my steps and then visualize grabbing the top of the wall. Because a lot of times like I'll get a, a short first step or I'll get up to the top and my fingertips will grab the lip, but then I just slip right off. Or like I'm at the top and I take a big jump, but I just kind of like let my arms go down. So it's fully believing yourself and committing to getting to the top of that wall. When I visualize my steps, I wanna try to get a very high first step as high as I can, and then from there get another big step, another big step, and then boom, up the wall. You wanna visualize that jump and the grab at the top. Another thing that I like to do is to wipe my shoe with my hands, or you can wipe your shoes with a towel, just so that you can you know, remove any residue, like chalk or whatever the case. Once I do that, I usually like to do a big jump, so I'll do a tuck jump just to remind my legs to really explode up this wall because that's the only way you get there is that speed and that power. Then I'll take my feet together. I'll start kind of closer to the wall. Once you get used to attempting it so many times, you can go closer and that'll actually force you to accelerate and go faster because you have a very short run up. And when you do Ninja Warrior, I mean, even though I haven't been on the show yet, they have a very short run up. So you want to practice that ahead of time if you are, you know, really serious about getting on the show. So we're visualizing our steps and visualizing grabbing onto the top of the wall, wiping the shoes off, a little jump. You want a nice short run up. And I choose a mantra. My mantra is sixth gear. If you think about race car drivers and they're getting into that sixth gear, that is that commitment zone where it's do or die. They're going as fast as they can. And if they don't commit, then they're going to crash, right? So that's the words that I like to choose. Kaye actually helped me come up with those words so that I can get in that zone and commit to grabbing the top and hitting that imaginary buzzer. Choose some kind of mantra that works for you. I find that it really helps you to get in the right headspace. Uh, as far as progression goes, I couldn't start just like with reaching the top in mind. I had to kind of build it up. So we have lines on our warped wall at ATP. We have, a, I think, a 10-foot line, a 12-foot line. I would start with a 10-foot. All right, I got that down. Now I'm going to go for the 12-foot. Okay, let's go for the 13. Once there was like this foot between the 13 and 14 and, and a half or whatever it is, Kaye would put a little piece of tape toward the top of the wall. Each time I hit that tape, he would move it a little bit higher. And then I would hit that tape, move it a little bit higher. That little progression really helped just build the confidence. 
and help you to get that movement pattern down and that commitment in your head like okay i'm gonna go a little bit higher this time and i'm so close to the top and eventually you get there so if you have someone who's nice enough to put a little piece of tape on the wall and keep on climbing up the wall moving the tape that would be great or you can draw lines on the wall whatever works for you another thing that i recommend to help you progress is to get a coach or a veteran to watch you practice because practice doesn't make perfect perfect practice makes perfect You want to make sure that you're not developing bad habits that you do over and over and over again because those habits are going to be very hard to break and it's going to make it harder for you to progress. Get a coach or someone who's got really good technique to watch you and have them videotape you. Have them videotape you in slow-mo so that you can see everything step by step. You know, are you driving your elbows back? Are you taking three big steps off of the wall? Are you actually taking that big jump at the end? How does your form look? So then you can make tweaks to progress and get up that wall. And then once you start getting it down, consistency is key. And this is an area that I am working on right now myself. Start tallying your attempts if you want. Let's say you go for it 20 times. See if you can at least get five out of 20. And then next time, maybe you get seven out of 20. Next time you get nine out of 20 keep a record of your progress. And another thing you're gonna wanna do is superset or place the warped wall in a circuit. So superset, you're doing two exercises back to back. Let's say you get on the devil steps and then after that, you get right into the warped wall. And what makes that different from practicing the warped wall on its own when you're getting it consistently? Well, now, you know, you're getting that heart rate up with the double steps. Once you get the heart rate up, it's a totally different story. You want to be conditioned to be able to go up this wall like it's nothing. And as Coach Kaya said in our last episode, all warped walls are different. You know, no matter where you go, if you go to ATP, you go to Ninja Lounge, you go to Live Training Center, you go on American Ninja Warrior, every wall is going to be a little different. It's going to have a different curve. It's going to have a different grip. It might be made of different material. So practice on different ones if you can and if you're serious about competing. That is pretty much all I have to say about the warped wall today. I know it was a lot of information, so go back and listen if you need to. I hope that you guys are able to use these tips to beat that wall. And if you think somebody's going to benefit from this episode, maybe they're having trouble getting the warped wall or getting it consistently, please send this episode to them. I'm going to post it on my Instagram page too. I am at the underscore ice underscore ninja. So make sure to look for me on there. Screenshot the episode, post it in your Instagram story. Let people know how they can beat that wall. And shoot me a DM on Instagram if you have any questions or comments about this episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. Good luck with your training. Beat that wall and have a great rest of your week.